I think what my friend was telling me, people should be, these these people like the, the the decision makers, they should be way more open about their lack of understanding or lack mm-hmm. of knowledge and be open about it and say, I don't know, can you explain this? And mm-hmm. that will build trust. That will build trust because the people explaining mm-hmm. and the other people saying, okay, right now I'm understanding. And that mutual communication or trust is paramount. Monica here. Welcome to the Data Podcast for Nerds, where we get to talk to amazing professionals and ask them all about how they use data to solve the world's problems. We're highlighting all the fun skills that data professionals use. And of course, we always include some fun bits because we're all nerds here and we love to have fun. (laughs) So today with us, we have Carlos Barboza. How are you doing today, Carlos? I'm doing great, Monica. Doing great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, you, you extended the the opportunity, the offer a, a while back, and, and I uh, you actually well, I'm returning the favor or maybe the invitation because I had you on on my uh, yeah on my conversation YouTube channel Slack. I, I guess it's still like a small humble project, but I yeah you know having these conversations is always uh, uh, for me it's very nurturing. Uh, you get to know the the person, but you get to know the soul. So yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And the data community is just like such a great community in my opinion. (laughs) It it is, it is. But you know, sometimes you, uh, I think uh, like, for example, LinkedIn, you you get, it has happened to me many times that you get like a false impression of somebody uh, on the, on LinkedIn, checking out the photo and the name and what they comment and stuff. And then when you go and talk to them on a video call like this, the person is way more, uh, I guess, uh, kind, uh, less mm. cold, uh, more engaging, more like enthusiastic. And you're like, eh, that's interesting because, and um, I don't know, I, I think we, we our minds make up so many ideas of somebody and then they're completely turned down as soon as you get into a call with them and, and a video call, you know, in body language and, and all that, you know, it kind of reveals more yeah. of the soul than the person. And the, the data community, in my opinion, it can get a little bit elitist, a little bit elite, you know, like there's got to be some people that are like, oh, we cannot, we, we got to be, you know, we got to look professional and we got to look all this and that. But you know what, like the hardcore data analysts, I'd like you and me, they were like, you know, look at the guy from Cambridge Analytica, you know, he had mm-hmm. the pink hair and mm-hmm. he was like, you know, he was a big data scientist and everything. So it's like, yeah, we're the nerds and but we're really laid back, you know, the ones doing the hard calculations, cleaning, the dirty work, <laughs> we just regular folks, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we not maybe corporate with the ties and all that, but uh, yeah, we actually are the ones that do, do the work. So. Yeah. And it's hard work. You have to have fun somehow, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I tell people, you know, like when I have to go and check out the spreadsheets of somebody else, I, I'm, I, I do my meditation, you know, I get Buddha style, you know, I just pray, <laughs> keep calm because, you know, there's some spreadsheets out there that I have to have, you know, a help that 
I tell my wife sometimes uh she's like asking me why, why are you so stressed out and I'm like nah, this spreadsheet you know it's crazy you know it's, it's crazy what they did here and all that and I'm like but it's just a spreadsheet no <laughs> it is like going inside a public bathroom you know one one of those from the concert and cleaning them you know that's what it feels like <laughs> that you have to do that job you know yeah. which is done you know some people do that job and it's, it's, it's uh, yeah it's, it's uh it is a job, you know, but it, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite struggling. So yeah. at least it will be for me, at least for sure. Yeah. yeah. I always love your analogies. They're so fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope that people get the message, you know, because like, <laughs> yeah, you know, some of them are really like, wow, you know, some people do some work that they didn't know about, you know, basic database principles, you know, data management, mm -hmm. they do whatever they want and, and you know that they're do they're doing ad hoc and all this and that but you know when when it breaks you know sometimes there's no return you know you have to redo it if you really yeah. want something to last you know in in the long run um, absolutely absolutely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get too far into our chat i do want to first start off with understanding your background we always start off by understanding people's origin stories right so could you please let us know where you came from and how you got into data so i'm originally from venezuela um and my parents are peruvian so i'm dual i have a dual uh, nationality and I moved uh, to the States back in 2004 in Connecticut. Uh, the reason because uh, Venezuela elected a president that turned out to be really bad to what he promised. Uh, my father kind of envisioned that. So he sent me to, to, to the States to learn English. So I did my high school and I did college in, 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 in Connecticut, everything in Connecticut. And I studied economics and finance. And I graduated in back in oh, 2011, and I because I was an international student, I, I all the eight years that were that I lived in the U.S., I, I was as an uh, international student with a F1 student visa. So I wasn't, I didn't, I never got residency or citizenship. No, I was always as a um, they call it alien immigrant. So mm. <laughs> okay. Um, after graduation, you only have one year to get a sponsorship. So somebody that kind of says, we'll do your papers, you know, we'll sponsor you. And if you get that, that's about six years until you can apply for citizenship. Unluckily, I graduated back in 2011, and that was three years after the financial crisis. Many companies in Connecticut didn't want to do the visa. So I didn't run the same luck as my, uh, my, as my sister, my brother, unfortunately, mm -hmm. they did got lucky. Um, but I didn't. So that year passed by and I had to make a decision or, or either I go back to school for an MBA or a master's or I go back to either Venezuela or Peru. And Peru called my attention because I was planning to study to try to get in into the central bank of Peru, which is very prestigious, very elite. Uh, to get in is really tough and competitive. And once you're in, you're pretty much making, yeah, a good career because it's very hard to get in. Uh, so I, I went and took the, you know, took the risk of, of coming to Peru and then, you know, um, study really hard economics uh, again, but I didn't get it. I didn't get it. So 
that was three months and then potentially i was like you know i'll go back to <laughs> i'll go back to the states you know i because uh you know peru and, and, and the states are very very different in terms of quality of life and many things but in, in food you know peru is is way better in terms of food <laughs> <laughs> but you know i i uh well after i study you know i got involved with uh with a uh, couch surfing community i don't know if you know them couchsurfing.com it's no. uh like like people who backpack they through between countries you kind of like host them for free you show them around and when you go back to their country they return the favor although it doesn't have to be the exact people but the intention you know so mm -hmm. so i got involved with this community so i started backpacking around peru and i got in love with with the country like the sightseeing the people so uh, the three months extended and until I got, this was around when I got to Peru around August. And then I got in December, it was already six months, a bit less. And I got a job as a business analyst. That was my first gig professionally for the resume, like to say, you know, because the other ones were internships. So that they didn't, I mean, they did count, but this one was the one that really put me to the trenches and like, lead me to dirty data at the time i didn't know power query but i had to learn array formulas in mm. excel which for a lot of people uh the old school array formulas can be a little bit yeah it can be a little bit difficult because it's not intuitive boolean logic and many other things coercion and all that so as my first job i had to really get into it like there was no like oh no no you know like i had to learn array formulas and that's how how i came to appreciate excel because um it is really powerful that you know to build stuff that you know you can change a cell and then the whole workbook just automatically update and it happens to be that the workbook that i had to update was because the person who trained me and i always i'm grateful to him to nestor because he taught me array formulas, but then within the first three months that we were together, we were supposed to make a, we were supposed to be an, 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 an how do you call this, a BI team, analytics mm. team. But he left. He left like immediately, like the fourth month of the this, this project started. So I was handed everything and like they offered me, hey, do you want to take the, you know, you want to continue the job? And I was like so frightened. I was really like, oh my God, like, you know, and I say yes just to not, you know, not look bad. But that led to even learn more array formulas on my own, learn SQL, cardinality, learn access, because that, yeah, the, the plays require, hey, we're not gonna play with Tableau, we're not gonna pay for uh, SQL Server, Oracle, although we have it, but we're not gonna use those tools. Those tools are for the IT. I was like, uh, you only have Excel, can you pull it out? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, okay. Luckily, I pulled it out with with access and Excel and pivot tables and all that, and I got the, all the reporting. But that experience, like that first year and eight months, was really for me. I think it was very hardcore, and that's I came to appreciate Excel. I came to appreciate what really that how should how data needs to be sort of managed, tabularly, you know, tabularly, <laughs> SQL, you know, SQL is king. I mean, people say SQL is dead, you know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, not for now, I guess. I know. I know now. It, you know, there's new technologies based on documents, JSON, and many other things. But this book is is paramount. You know, this is the book that kind of like 
I borrow or stole the, the term guerrilla data analyst because at the end, like I was, uh, this is what happened. I was contrasting myself with what I did here. Then when I went to other people, other clients or B2B clients of this, of this company, they would talk about the cube, the cube. And I would, I would get excited and I'm like MDX, you know, cube and BI. And I would be very excited. I would be like, oh my God, I'm going to go see you know, all these uh, multi-dimensional warehouse. Mm. But when I got to that, to the meetings, it was just a basically, I mean, they had a, they, they had a cube in SQL server and all that, but the way they were consuming the info was just basically pivot tables. So I really like put myself, I really thought like, you know, really like badass and uh, analytics, you know, um, it was like a, another league, you know, uh, I thought they were going to show a couple of R and Python at the same time, you know, uh, and Excel, maybe, maybe other, other languages, you know, I kind of put the pedestal really high up, you know, but then I noticed also that, yeah, only one in many of those teams is doing that. The, the other ones are more like project managers. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I kind of came, came to know is that the, I don't know if you know, if you agree with this, Monica, the paradox of analytics, like we make all these cubes, data warehouse, data marts, data lakes nowadays, that's how they call it. But <laughs> at the end of the day, the king of all is export to Excel. You know, send me just a couple of rows on a spreadsheet. I'll, <laughs> I'll validate work on, on that. Something so big and it just lands in the spreadsheet. So I noticed that back at this company because of the B2B clients. And then once I become a consultant, wow, that's when it really hit me. You know, I thought that, yeah, now I'm going to be facing R, Python and all that. But you know what? Again, many of the decision makers out there, Excel is their best body. Like Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You said you said people are saying Excel or uh, SQL is dead or dying. And it's yeah, like yeah. there's a lot of people that think Excel is dead or dying. And I'm like, no, there's, there, there's so many people that use Excel still that it's just so large. <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. And, 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 and this is where I've been now reading more and, and, and really the, the, the key word or maybe is trust, you know, is mm-hmm. building trust among data teams. Like, and actually, I'm talking about from the people who code and engineer pipelines all the way to the the, the decision makers, uh, knowing that the pipelines that they're doing is going to provide some numbers, but those numbers are accurate. No? Mm-hmm. But what I noticed as a consultant, uh, and also within the company too, because I was on myself, like I had the IT team, but they were never like very like, they were always polite and everything, but they were never like, hey, you know, come and sit down. What are you working on? You know, they were like, no, no, we're doing our SQL thing. We're doing our Oracle thing. We're doing maintenance. We don't, don't want to be playing with childish, you know, <laughs> toy, you know, Toy Story, Excel stuff, you know, <laughs> that's key stuff, you know. Go, go. So I'm like, because that, that's what I felt, you know, with them and with many other people. But then I have, I started to meeting other people who are really like badass Excel users and, you know, then I started feeling better about myself, I guess. But it came to be that, like, wow, 
like you can do so much with Excel, but also again, at the end of the day, we're doing this for decision making, decision support, you know, really making action at the end. I mean, storytelling, yes, but that's in order to drive action, you know, and, and decision. And what I notice is like, yeah, people want trust. Like I want to trust that those numbers are right because I'm about to make decision like, and if I make decision based on numbers that are flaky or not, you know, the one paying the price is the managers and the manager of the manager. And then, you know, keep going up, you know, and yeah, I have handled a couple of spreadsheets uh, with big numbers that, uh, yeah, you can't, you can't like, uh, yeah, you can't say like, oh, I, I don't know, that number is, that's what, you know, that was a subtotal and <laughs> no, you got to like validate and revalidate and be revalidating, you know, Excel is kind of friendly for that, you know, unless you have less than a hundred, a million rows, you know, and also that's the other thing. Myself was like, oh man, you know, but people are talking about big data, big data, this big data, that, and I'm do I'm. I'm doing my Excel worksheet thing, you know, kind of like feeling a little bit like, you know, uh, at that time I'm talking about 2015. Okay. And then when I went and talked to people who did data science and I told them, yeah, we don't, we don't do millions. We do a couple of hundred thousand, you know, for training our models and all that, you know, but we don't do millions. Like a lot of people say, if you work at Twitter, if you work at Netflix, if you work at Amazon, yeah, they potentially are doing millions. But even so, you know, uh, when you're training models. So all this knowledge was combining myself and then it kind of led to me like, yeah, you know, we all are in different leagues. But uh, at the end, um, Excel and small data sets uh, and decision makers are always, you know, kind of like making decisions from. But I think was very, maybe I have been in, jumping in a couple of tangents. Sorry, Monica. Uh, trust. Uh, that's what I would say. You know, trust. If, if if there's trust in the data, action will action will take place. Yep. Absolutely, I completely agree with that. So now you're currently a consultant, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, so yeah. what what are your favorite uh, data problems to solve using Excel, of course? Yeah, within the Excel space, um, you know, it would be funny. I mean, really understanding the problem, too, um, because a lot of people say, I want to do this, but then they show you either their data, you know, their view on SQL or maybe, you know, their data set on Power BI that they have pulled out and you can see it. Uh, mostly are now with Power BI, you know, that's the trend now. Uh, sometimes, you know, Excel, if this, the data is like 100,000, maybe 300, maybe a couple of thousands, you know, Okay, but then they they kind of it's actually like conceptualize conceptualizing what they're what what they're looking for. Mm. Sometimes that's what really takes uh, what I struggle sometimes the most. Once the if when the clients already know what they want, yeah, it's it's a breeze, you know. Oh, you want this? Okay, boom. And I want this measure, moving average, or I want you know, this divided by this, by this ratio, because we measure this. And then I do ask, you know, why do you do that and that? Or why is the, what's the logic of that? And they're like, oh, because of this and that. Oh, okay, okay. I was but, just going to ask, yeah. uh, how often do clients actually know what they want? Oh, <laughs> that, that that's the other paradox. See, we're talking, see, see it's, it's, it's the thing that like, when I started as an analyst, I, I was like, Oh, you know, I'm doing spreadsheets and formulas in my if 
formulas and all that. And these guys are doing Python and algorithms and neural networks and all that. But then, but then I talked to them and it's like, hey, you know, how, um, how many neural networks have you implemented or how many models? Like, ah, you know, I have done two in like, you know, a couple of years. And I'm like, really? It's like, I, I would think you would have done many more. Like, no, you only do it when when the problem and the data, everything aligns perfectly, like like planets alignment kind of sort of thing that like people, first of all, like sponsorship, that there's somebody, you know, with a vision that wants to get a model, train a model, analytic solution, and to make decisions, to make profit, to make something, to make value in the long run, then have the data, have the people too, because a lot of people, a lot of managers, they want to implement good solutions, but the, the people is lacking, you know, people don't, they don't like either the SQL skills or even the most important skills, for my opinion, the soft skills, you know, yeah. really being able to talk with the tech and with the business, you know, and having the patience because with the, with the business people, yeah, they're going to be talking about, oh, you know, I had this coffee today and, you know, oh, I, I'm, and I'm buying this car, you know, and like, hey, you know, we, we got to talk about what you need, not about your life, you know, but but either people have to get loose a little bit and then say, okay, this is what we want, this is what we're looking for. But, you know, patience, patience, mm -hmm. patience to really get, and, and I think it's also a skill to be some sort of like a psychologist uh in order to get the idea from the person, you know, and say this, okay, I know what you want. Because sometimes also, that's also a paradox. What they think they want is not actually what they want. It's a something else. So, you know, it, it is a whole process, but that process is like, what well, sometimes it's time consuming. And that's the, probably sometimes the, the, the most difficult, in my opinion, because yeah, people lose patience and people either wear out and they, they, you know, and then whatever idea or whatever vision or whatever intent, you know, kind of sparked for a bit, just went to, to uh, you know, uh, how do you call where you store stuff? I forgot the, the name in English. I just forgot it. But, uh, um, you know, where, where pirates keep their goal. How do you oh, call your that? treasure chest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. Yeah, that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. you know, and I've seen so many models. I've seen so many reports. I even as a consultant, too. That's also the thing. They call us. We give us our our, our expert advice. And, um, yeah, a month later, you find out that they never took the advice, you know. <laughs> like, oh, goodness. Yeah. I definitely know that. Having an audit background, you know, understanding how the processes work and suggesting more efficient ways that you should adjust your processes. And then you come back a year later and nothing was implemented. And you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I talked to friends from BCG and McKinsey. No, well, not. I mean, I got two friends from e either of the two. And a couple of colleagues, and they tell me, yeah, yeah, we do all these nice slides, nice in-depth analysis, but you know what? <laughs> they never, they never get implemented. <laughs> it's like really, it's like yeah, but don't tell anyone, you know. <laughs> yeah. But you know, some of them do do get implemented. They tell me no, some of them they make a great impact, but sometimes um, it, it, it's also about the communication too, like trust and communicating too, because. It happens to be that a lot of people are in top places executively, but they're there more because of their soft skills than their math skills. You know, mm -hmm. 
they know how to lead and encourage and delegate rather than standard deviation or, you know, or regression, you know. <laughs> so, so, and, and, but sometimes they got to fake it because they got to fake that they know regression or they, they know something and they know SQL, they know, you know, uh, I, I don't know, or data modeling uh, just to pretend. But sometimes, yeah, I think what my friend was telling me, people should, these, these people, like the, the, the decision makers, they should be way more open about their lack of understanding or lack mm -hmm. of knowledge and be open about it and say, I don't know, can you explain this? And mm -hmm. that will build trust. That will build trust because the people explaining mm -hmm. and the other people saying, okay, right now I'm understanding. And that mutual communication or trust Paramount. Yeah, you definitely, it's a balance of like how to communicate the findings without getting too deep into the weeds because you're mm -hmm. so excited about sharing what you just spent hours upon hours doing, but they don't necessarily want to know all of the details. They just want to know those high level results. So then it's trying to communicate those high level results also in a way that they'll resonate with them. So you have to make them relatable. Yep. Well, the thing, and I mentioned all of this because um, they don't want to get into the weeds, but they do ask, how do you get to that number? And then uh, you have to explain. <laughs> See, so you always go back to the whole thing of explaining, okay, so this calculation, this calculation, and how do you get that calculation? And then, you know, okay, can you send me the spreadsheet and I'll, you know, I'll get back to you, something like that. <laughs> but does that, does that only happen when they don't like the numbers? Because when they like the yeah. numbers, they're like, yeah, sure, let's go. This is good. But if you don't like the numbers, then they're like, how did you calculate that? Yes, exactly. I guess, oh, my God, that is so such a confirmation bias. Because, yeah, when, when the numbers are not aligned to their, their whole expectation, then they start asking. Yeah, that's a coincidence. I mean, that that is true, though. That is true, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when the numbers are negative, oh, like, are you, summing, are you summing this line? And are you also summing this? And are you also summing these products that we sold in order to sort of <laughs> the decrease the variation yeah i've seen that too like are you assuming this too <laughs> uh, and yeah and that's the other thing with dashboards i came to know with building stuff um and it's funny i mean this is always this one's very funny because i have built dashboards in excel you, you see my posts and all that and 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 i i kind of come now i don't want to say competed but uh, there were some other people who were trying to sell tableau and click to the company that I was working for. Click, you know, kind of did it. And and Click is awesome. Click has this associative model mm -hmm. and technology, really awesome. And then came the dashboard thing and the person told me, hey, they made these dashboards. I saw it and I was like, hey, nice. Okay, you can do this, click this and it filters this. But you know, actually this is not what I want. What I want is this. So maybe let's export the, <laughs> let's export the data and rebuild it in Excel. So I'm like, oh man, but that's that's not the whole purpose, you know. The whole purpose is to have the dashboard with it with click and then it's like, oh yeah, but if I call these guys, they're not gonna pick up, you know. It's like, oh man, but you gotta call them. And then he tells me, okay, but if they pick up, they're gonna charge me uh I don't know how many dollars to make yeah. it and like, oh wow, really. So, I mean, it's funny, like, okay, so, I mean, Excel ends up being kind of like, you know, your last option sometimes <laughs> for some <laughs> folks, you know, so, yeah.
This is very yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> so you were talking about at the beginning of your career when you were the business analyst and you moved because um, your colleague had left the company and you were a little bit nervous to move into that position. What did you do to kind of like learn what you needed to learn in that new position? What were your, I guess, go-to resources for learning? YouTube okay. and WW3 schools. I don't know if you know them. Yeah. W3 They're so schools. good. They're yeah. so good. Yeah, they're good, right? I mean, I, that's how I learned SQL. Uh, theoretically, YouTube, of course, watching countless of hours of YouTube. Oh, I was consuming YouTube like until 3 a.m. in the morning. I was watching Mike Gervin from Excel is Fun. Really like, and the thing is like, I watched the videos maybe until 12 midnight the ones that I needed to watch because it kind of related to what I was needing to know. But then I stayed until 3 a.m. because he was, he's very enthusiastic on how he teaches. Hey, you can do this and you can also do this. And like you get like stuck and you're like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll watch one more. And then <laughs> hours gone by. So reading, W3 school and lots of YouTube. Yeah, lots mm -hmm. of YouTube. Yeah, Lots yeah. of YouTube. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't trained with Excel in college. So that's the other paradox too, you know, we go into college. <laughs> now, I, I'm assuming nowadays, now there's got to be a course, just one course for the whole journey or in college to learn in Excel, I guess. If, if, maybe. I don't but know I what exists so. because yeah. I'm under the assumption that it's no longer taught, but I got Excel certified in high school. So I don't know what's out there these days. <laughs> well, even even if you go to the core SQL, that should be actually like, actually, in my opinion, I think for anybody studying marketing, economics, I think SQL, yeah, for sure. And then Excel, maybe, yeah, mm -hmm. or maybe the two. But I think it, it, it just based on the fact that everything is data. Our yeah. phone are taking data. Uh, yeah, our laptops are producing data mm -hmm. uh us consuming tech talk is producing data you know absolutely <laughs> yeah. yeah and then internet internet of things producing data too yeah so yeah 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 but at the end the decision makers the ones that are making decisions based on that data driven decision making that sometimes i hear it yeah i feel like to this day, I feel like for sure 90% of all companies out there in the world are making decisions based on data. But yeah, the data to back it up, but also mostly on gut, gut feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 That's a good point. Even, it's, a, it's a spicy take right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm for, I'm for sure. I'm, I have talked to people and managers even a, a major oil company that I, and i cannot say his name because it, it can get into trouble i know this is going public but like i was i asked the person really like you guys made your projections with excel it's like yeah 15 year projections like with excel oh, i'm wow. like i was thinking you're gonna i don't know i was thinking you were gonna show me you know something way more sophisticated like you know maybe some r model or you know, i don't know Maybe something MATLAB, you know, maybe SAS used for this, but now he told me like, no, you know, we just did it in Excel because we have the data there. 
it all wraps back around to having trust. <laughs> trust exactly. in the data. Yeah. yeah. I did find out, though, that the, the, the reason also why it was Excel, it was because the person who made the add-in, who kind of helped out to throw those numbers into another program that will make that forecasting more sophisticated, that um, left out, became mm -hmm. a consultant. So there was no liaison or the patch between that to the other thing. And that's why mm -hmm. they say, you know, we're going to just rely with what we're getting from Excel. So it's like, wow, it's interesting. I mean, that the data space is like really, it's very competitive, but it's, uh, uh, it's like there's a short supply for data professionals and and for the more and as more advanced you get more professional more expert or specialist yeah i mean it's even harder for companies to to obtain to obtain those yeah mm -hmm. yeah. yeah wow well yeah. carlos do you have any final words of encouragement or recommendations for the listeners out there yeah um if you're gonna get into the data space um learn i think sql because sql kind of leads you to know the you know database structures you know how is how data needs to be put in order to be exploited you know or in order to be tortured <laughs> uh and then um excel is a perfect learning tool to kind of understand those concepts because you can put a table and resemble a table and resemble a database and resemble a foreign key with a primary key so excel as a learning tool is perfect it's not going to be the ends to the means but paradoxically maybe most of the time yes because you will notice that <laughs> managers love their you know their export to excel feature you know <laughs> so but SQL, you know, uh, SQL is paramount. Yeah. SQL mm -hmm. is the one that kind of gives you a solid foundation to how data needs to be sort of managed. So then you can do many, many things, you know, um, and then Excel and then never stop learning. I mean, there's a lot of content out there, YouTube, uh, mostly, well, YouTube, because the, is where you find the longer videos and on TikTok. You might learn something here and there, but they're only one minute, right? Instagram, same thing. Uh, and now I think Instagram can do longer videos. I'm not sure, but yeah. Uh, the now I would say now be cautious though, because oh, don't be be aware that you might get overwhelmed because now there's so much great content out there that you're gonna have to kind of like develop a a critical eye on what you should be consuming priority, you know and uh and from what channels and from who kind of you know like you kind of like listening to uh learning from also that also that's important to kind of like develop a critical eye because a lot of people explain some, the same thing but sometimes you know you don't tune in or you don't get hooked or you don't you just don't like the person or maybe the accent or you know whatever uh so yeah uh because there's a lot of content yeah yeah there is a lot of content <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of content. Yeah. Well, if any of the listeners out there have any questions for you, where can they find and or follow you? Uh, LinkedIn. 
So LinkedIn, LinkedIn and YouTube, but my name is not on the name of the YouTube. So LinkedIn is more than perfect. And you can message me with a request or anything. Just message me and yeah, gladly to, to answer and reply. I'll provide a link to your YouTube in the show notes. <laughs> no, thank you, Monica. And thank yeah. you for having me actually. And thank Absolutely. Thank you for coming on the show. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Thank you. Thank you. And as always, folks, happy learning. Take care. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.